Hey friends, you're listening to Whole Heart with Monica C. Guidry, a place where you can discover your purpose, your passion, and a place to get tips to get zest for your life back. Keep listening. Every Monday and Thursday, new uploads and tons of laughs right here. Hey friends, welcome to Whole Heart. This is Monica C. Guidry, and today is a great day to be alive. This is Monday, which means it's a special edition of Whole Heart with Monica C. Guidry. It is the month of August, which means that we're all about the Enneagram. That's what we're talking about. And we have Enneagram coach Myrna, (laughs) Myrna, her (laughs) Betty. I can get her last name right without any problem. It's that first name. I got to lock in. How can she be my bestie? And I don't even know how to pronounce her first name, but it's Myrna. Uh, She's an Enneagram coach. She's going to be with us the whole month of August. Last week, if you missed it, check it out, catch up. Uh, This week, she's going to pull it in and like lock down a few of the Enneagram numbers to just kind of bring us um, a little closer to to who we are uh, within the Enneagram. So welcome, Myrna. How are you, love? Hey, hey, Monica. It's so good to be back with you this week. (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you, last week was amazing. There were so many people that tuned in and listened to, to that first, that very first podcast you did. I mean, it blew up. So people oh, are awesome. in what you have to say. So we're we're ready to go for for Monday today, August the what tenth. So what do you yep, have? That sounds today? right. What you got for us today, love? Well, I'm so excited. Um, so again, I'm Myrna. I'm an Enneagram coach, and I support moms and business owners find clarity, create health, um, and really just find the find how to be joyfully present in every day, every moment. And my mission and heart's desire really truly is to support the mindset and self-awareness so that folks can really identify the patterns that are tripping them up, whether it's with food or exercise or honestly, life in general, y'all, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, And so the Enneagram has been such a great tool to help create a shift in our mindset so that we can achieve the life that we desire to have so that we're truly living in our passion and our purpose. That's right. That's what we're all about here. Let's get into it. Let's go. Yes, awesome. What are we going to be Super excited about this episode. Sorry, go ahead. So this this, today, what are we going to be digging into or you're going to be digging into? Yeah, I am going to be talking about the Enneagram and an overview of all of the types. And super excited because y'all are going to have an opportunity to really hear about the core motivations. Last week, I shared a little bit on the core desires and fears for each type. And today, I'm digging in even deeper into those fears and desires a little bit more while also sharing the core weakness, the message that our hearts long to hear, and how Christ answers that call. So before I dig into that, I do want to do a quick refresh on what the Enneagram is and how we use it, and honestly, a little bit about how we don't use it. Um, So the Enneagram is an incredible transformational tool, and some would say it's a personality test, and there's some validity to that. But I would honestly say it's a personality test taken to that next level, Because not only are you able to identify the behaviors that you're doing, you're also able to understand the internal driving forces behind why you think, feel, and act in certain ways. And then you can begin to use that to unpack the patterns that you're having and so many aspects of the Enneagram to not only embrace yourself, but also be empowered to then transform your life, which is so, so cool. Mm -hmm. So the Enneagram truly is remarkable. I was trained and certified by Beth McCord of Your Enneagram Coach. And the beauty in that 
is the foundation of her training is really using the Enneagram from a gospel-centered approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to be clear that the Enneagram itself cannot transform you. It is a tool that speaks to you in your type's language so that you can best receive the message of the gospel. Because um, according to Romans 1, 16 through 17, the gospel is what really brings about that real and lasting transformation okay. in our lives. So again, Enneagram, such a powerful tool, and it provides incredible insight into our lives and also into others. And I personally, I think I chatted about this last week, discovered the Enneagram at a work conference, and it was definitely all fun and games as per usual until that moment where you start to feel called out by the realness in which it really speaks to your core fears and your core weaknesses. And so I implore those who are listening, please, please don't use the Enneagram as a sword to attack others um, or even as a shield to defend your own behaviors. Remember, it's a tool for growth and we don't grow or flourish well when we're in hostile environments or when hiding from the truth of who we really are or hiding behind it um, and the truth in who we really are. So we use the Enneagram as a tool for growth, which means there's a process to it. And That's step right. one, you gotta know your type. Yes. <laughs> Very first, you, know? you gotta know your type. Yes. And we're so, not talking about tall, dark, and handsome or anything oh, like that. <laughs> though, you know, that is one version of a type and everybody wants tall, dark, and handsome. But anyway, I digress. Um, the first step is determining your type. And if you don't already know it, or if it's a little tricky, because mistyping is definitely a thing, know that tests are about 60 to 80% accurate, unfortunately. And so there's some self-discovery that we need to take in this journey as we identify our types. And then once we know our type, I work with folks to truly embrace themselves with that type so that they may be empowered to then transform their lives. Um, So with step one being knowing your type, we're going to go ahead and dig into each type um, and give you a little bit more, like I said, of that deeper dive overview, starting with type one, which is me. (laughs) Um, Type one. I am type one, strong wing nine, and we'll talk about those wings probably later. But yes, I'm a type one, and one's core fear is being wrong, bad, evil, inappropriate, or corruptible. Um, We desire to have integrity, to be good, to be balanced, which balance is a little bit of an illusion, but we want that. Um, We want to be right. And our core weakness is repressing anger. And a lot of ones would probably tell you that they don't get angry. I would have probably, until I got married, really didn't know that I had anger. Um, Because really we see it as resentment because anger is bad and we don't want to be bad. Um, So ones see that anger as resentment and it leads to such a continual frustration internally um, and dissatisfaction with ourselves, with others, and with the world because it's not perfect. And we long to hear that we're good. Um, And Christ answers that for us. We're good because Jesus lived a perfect life and his righteousness, fortunately, is credited to us. And so it allows ones to really experience the joy and peace and rest, knowing that because of Jesus, you are good. That's right. That's right. Wow. Okay. What's one thing that you said is you didn't know that you had that until your basically your button was pushed. So would you say most ones um, typically that's not brought out until something triggers it. Yeah, I mean, I think all ones we recognize that we have this internal battle, Mm -hmm. um, but until those buttons are really pushed and it's like in our face, which for me, it was when I got married, we really wouldn't see it as anger. 
Wow. All and right. So resentment might be more the word for you, some ones out there, <laughs> um, probably all ones out there. Resentment really is what we feel. Mm. And moving on to type two, because we got all a lot of types. So let me go ahead and get into it. Type two, I have a couple best friends who are twos. And let me tell you, <laughs> they are incredible people. Their hearts are so big and they give even when they have nothing left to give. Um, their core fear is being rejected, being unwanted, and they don't want to be thought of as worthless or needy um, or unworthy. So instead, they desire these things to be appreciated, to be loved, to be mm-hmm. wanted. Uh, their core weakness is pride. And it comes out in their denial of their needs and in their emotions. They use their incredible intuition to focus on the feelings and needs of others and confidently, very confidently so, <laughs> insert their help. Um, and helping often unconsciously hoping that others are going to say how grateful for that they are for them, that others will love them because of it, and then honestly want to keep them around. And so twos, you are loved and wanted for who you are, not what you do. And that's the message that they so desperately want to hear, that Jesus died for you, the ultimate sacrifice. He loved you so much that he lived that perfect life so that you could be righteous and forgiven and ultimately be with him because he so desperately wants you and allow that to fill your heart, knowing that you're perfectly wanted and loved by God. That is so amazing. All right. We're going to work. There's so many, I, I have so, there's many, so many types. <laughs> I know there's so many types. So like, oh, we'll just keep banging them out. You go ahead. You go ahead. Love it. <laughs> Type three. So I know a couple of folks, including another best friend. Um, I have a lot of best friends in the various <laughs> types, um, but another best friend who is a three and I'll name that ones and threes are often mixed up. Um, three's desire to have high status and respect, being successful, valued. They're pretty accomplished people. They're super legit, y'all. Um, and they can reach really ambitious goals with such ease and confidence um, and may be workaholics, which may describe some ones in a similar way as this because they're external behaviors. Externally, we do very similar things. So the difference really is in that or fear where ones we're doing it because we want to be good and we want to be right. It's the ethical right thing to do. Threes want to appear and be successful. That is their core motivation for it. And they have a deep fear of being worthless, being a failure, being incapable. Um, and their core weakness is deceit. They often deceive themselves. And in doing so, they deceive others into believing that they are the success that they want and allow you to see. So they don't like to show pain. They don't like Um, to show their shortcomings. And they long to hear that they're loved and valued simply for being themselves. You don't have to earn love through your success. And Christ died so that your shortcomings and mishaps no longer exist. He's wiped your slate clean. (laughs) And he did that because he loves you and who you are, so thinking much. And allow that to encourage you, knowing that you're loved for who you are and your true authentic self. So good. So, so good. You know, what's funny <laughs> is um, we'll get to our mind is coming up next. But um, when we talk about wings, three is my wing. And it's so yep. more opposite than the next type that you're going to talk about. So, yeah, next type. <laughs> yeah. Type threes and fours, especially three. If you're a four wing three or three wing four, they are sometimes in conflict with each other. Um, and I might have mentioned this last week, fours are the most complex and honestly really misunderstood type on the Enneagram and not because they're difficult, 
Um, they have such a depth to them and bring about such authenticity and quite honestly are the most creative people that I know. Hey, Monica, that's you, you know? And also my sister, she's a four. Wow. And they desire to be known, to be unique, to be special. And they fear being inadequate, emotionally cut off or flawed. Um, core weakness for fours is feeling that they are tragically flawed and that something is missing and that others have qualities that they lack. And so they tend to be envious of those qualities that they feel others have that they don't have. Um, fours are typically nonconformist. They tend to be pretty melancholy and tend to be moody. In the span of an hour, you know, other types, we might feel one or two emotions. <laughs> fours will feel the whole spectrum of emotions. <laughs> Within five minutes, we don't know, you know, they don't know if they're going to be happy or sad or glad or angry. They, they feel so many emotions so deeply. And fours, you are seen and loved for exactly who you are. And that's the message that your heart wants to hear, that Jesus sees all of your unique abilities and reflects that in you and completely understands, loves and cherishes you for who you are. He created you to be uniquely and the lights in his creation. That is you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so amazing. Well, we're, we're probably going to circle back, right? So I'm going to just keep keep letting you go through. So that was four. Now, now we're on to five. Type five. They are perceptive, innovative. They desire just being knowledgeable, capable, and independent. They're self-sufficient, great listeners, capable of true neutrality, honestly, and measured logical thought. They fear being incompetent. They fear being helpless and find it hard to get on board with things that really just don't interest them, um, which can make relationships sometimes feel pretty one-sided. Their core weakness is the feeling that they lack resources and that too much interaction with others will lead to a depletion in their energy tank. So they tend to withhold themselves and their resources from the world to minimize those needs, to minimize that energy tank from being depleted. Five, your needs are not a problem. You are not depleted because you can go off of God's strength. You can feel secure knowing that your resources aren't going to run out because Christ does restore and recharge you with the energy that you desire. He knows your needs and he personally addresses each and every one of your needs. Wow. So good. So good. (laughs) So good, Myrna. All right. Type six. (laughs) Sixes are faithful. They're loyal. They're courageous. They fear fear, feeling that fear itself, being without support, being blamed. They desire safety, security, and to connect with others for the common good. Their core weakness is anxiety, often scanning their surroundings and circumstances so that they can predict and honestly prevent negative situations. Uh, They struggle to trust themselves, others, and really truly showing up and facing life for them is an act of courage. Uh, My husband is a six. And realizing what he faces each and every day in just a small glimpse into his world has just given me such a new level of respect for him as a husband, as a dad, and just an overall human being. Um, Some people would say that what we're experiencing now in the pandemic is just a small glimpse into that mind and life of a six on a regular basis. This is their life. This is what they've been living. And we just get a small glimpse of that as we go through um, this season their core longing is to hear that they are safe, that they're secure. Um, six is God is so powerful and you are so safe in him. You can rest knowing that he's got you and that his spirit within you gives you that clarity that you need to navigate 
all of the messages and scenarios that your brain is constantly providing you and may cause some of that confusion and doubt. In him, you can trust and let his message really be your guide and assurance. So good. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so right? New seven, seven. Yeah, we're at seven. We're almost there, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing good. <laughs> I do not have favorites, um, but fours and sevens really, truly resonate with me in a special way. Right. And yes, it is because it is so aligned to my stress and growth lines, which unfortunately I won't be able to get into during this series. Um, but please feel free to check out my Instagram or even message me um, on Instagram about it because um, those lines and stress lines really play a huge part. But sevens, they fear being deprived, trapped in emotional pain and truly resonate with FOMO the fear of missing out. Uh, They desire to be so fully satisfied and content, which can lead to their core weakness of gluttony as they strive to fill themselves up with all of the experiences and stimulation in hopes of avoiding emptiness. Um, They are literally my definition of fun. Um, They are so joyful, enthusiastic, and generally quite social individuals, literally adding so much joy to relationships and bring optimism wherever they go. Um, and this honestly so accurately describes one of my best friends. Like I said, y'all, I have a lot of best friends, <laughs> of all these types, which is interesting for me as a one wing nine, but well, I digress. Um, but it so accurately describes her because when she walks into a room, you know, she lights up that space and your heart, you're, you're, you're just full. Um, and sevens long to hear that they will be taken care of. Sevens, you have complete satisfaction and a content heart in Jesus who fulfills your needs. Mm-hmm. Which brings okay. us to type eight. Eights desire to protect themselves and those close to them. Um, often I feel like they get a pretty bad rap because they, they do have a beautiful, confident strength and intensity. Um, and I believe that having types in every, having friends in every type is truly a gift. Um, and I think it really holds true if you have a friend that's an eight, because I feel so protected by another friend who she's an eight and I feel so protected in her presence. Um, their strength can intimidate others, but y'all beneath that strength is Mm -hmm. such a tender heart that fears being weak, controlled, vulnerable, and left at the mercy to injustice. Um, eight struggle to be vulnerable and they often see that as a weakness. Uh, their weakness actually is lust, but not of a sexual nature, which I think most people hear that word and think, but it really is a desire to control and strive to get what they want, whether it's for themselves or for those that they love. Um, eights are their dynamic, they're confident leaders who really are unafraid to challenge authority and act as champions for the underdog. Uh, They long to hear that they will not be betrayed. And though you may be weak, God is so strong and gave Jesus to accomplish what we couldn't on our own. He won't betray you or forsake you and nothing can stop that. You can truly rest in his power and in his strength. So good. We made it to nine, (laughs) y'all. Type nines. They desire inner stability and peace of mind. They appear easygoing, pleasant, calm, Um, And yet many struggle with an internal and external anger that really may surprise others to hear about them. Um, They believe it's their responsibility to create and maintain peace. They're typically called the peacemakers or the peacekeepers. Um, And they may withdraw or numb out their own feelings, just going along with others because they want to avoid that conflict um, that may have happened for them internally or even externally. Their fear is being in conflict, being shut out, overlooked, 
Um, and their weakness is sloth, which means they re remain easygoing, ignoring their own passions, abilities, or needs. And they so long to hear that their presence matters right. and that they can take up space. Nines, God loves you. He sees you. And he calls you to bless the world with your incredible and needed presence because you have such a great ability to see so many perspectives and the world really, truly benefits from you. So, so good, Myrna. Yeah. <laughs> Got through all the types, type one to type nine. <clears throat> and I was going to ask, you know, several questions because when any, when people initially hear about the Enneagram, they automatically think, oh, here's another personality type or here's in introverted versus extroverted or yeah. here's um, melancholy versus caloric. But what I love about the Enneagram is that it takes all of those things, even birth order and all of all of these things, all of these studies that we've we've heard of over all of these years. And it encompasses them all like it's literally everything, every type of personality test that you've ever taken rolled up in one. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you're going back over it, which I recommend that you do get out a piece of paper and pencil and write down some of the ones that, that you, that resonate with you. And then once you do that, go to Myrna's page, because I believe you have a test that they can take, right? Yep. There's a typing guide on my page, link in bio. So in, in Myrna's link in bio on Instagram, you can go in and, um, and, and take that, take that test. And then when you come back next Monday, you'll be able to have a clear understanding of what your type is. And if you already know that, um, what I would suggest for you to do is to kind of like, just, you know, write down what you feel your core needs and your core desires are, because we, anybody can kind of put a, a general statement or blanket statement out there, but talk about, I want you to personally write down what your core needs and core desires are. And then go through that list and whatever the weaknesses are, that they don't have to be your weaknesses. You can actually use it as a guide to turn it into to a strength. That's what I do. You know, as yeah. soon as the first thing that when, when you hear about a type four, it's melancholy or can be can be depressed people. Well, because in my lineage, a lot of the women in my family deal with depression. One of the things that I did early on when I learned about generational curses was that was something that I cut off abruptly. So when I hear melancholy or depression, it's always me um, praying against it or uh, speaking against it and going in the opposite direction. So none of this stuff, guys, when you're listening in, has to be your portion. Some of the, you know, the, the kind of negative stuff. You use that as a building block to be Absolutely. better. Would you say that, Myrna? Absolutely. And I think that's the gift, like using fours as an example, that's the gift you bring to the table as a four is your ability to sit in those emotions. Not everybody can sit in emotions the way a four can, and they can sit in those emotions without having to feel like they need to fix you, which yeah. is such a beautiful blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, guys, we're going to be here. She's going to be with us for what? Three more weeks. Is it three yeah. more? Three more because we had like an extra week in, in the month of August. So listen, buckle up your seatbelts, do what I said to, to, to do, get a piece of paper, write it down, write down your core fears, your emotions, all of that stuff. And then meet us back here next Monday. We're going to be here and you're going to be talking about what? Just a preview, just a little preview. <laughs> just, just a small little taste because you don't want to give it all away. Not giving anything away. Okay. Um, coming up next week, we're going to dig into the Enneagram types by their center of intelligence triad. So join us to figure out which triad I'll be talking about 
Um, and I will name that it's extremely beneficial to hear about all three triads because like me, my dominant type, I might be in the gut triad, but one of my wings is in the feelings triad. And so if you want to understand what I'm talking about when I say those things, tune in next week. Tune in next week. All right, friends. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Whole Heart, where I believe that a whole heart is a heart full of joy. It's a, a joyful heart. And until we see you again or until we meet each other again or until you hear my voice again, I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye.